everybody, this is David, a.k.a. Macintosh. And I'm Diana, a.k.a. Mod, and welcome to another episode of Macintosh and Mod Haven't Seen What, the podcast where we make each other watch movies we should have already seen. Today, we're trucking along with Rocky Three. After winning the ultimate title and being the world champion, Rocky falls into a hole and finds himself picked up by a former enemy. What? To regain the eye of the tiger. tiger. Okay, so what was the budget? Budget for this film was $17 million. Okay, that's up from seven for the yep. last one. Okay. Its opening weekend was $16,015,408. Wow. Worldwide, it made $270 million. Okay. Fuck, yeah. Yeah. This is a franchise with staying power. Well, yeah, they're made eight movies in the whole thing. I know, but it's one thing to think of this movie from just a, oh, this is a historical context thing. It's a totally another thing to realize that at the time, it was also such a fucking big deal. <laughs> Which we should know, because Rocky was, you know, it won Best Picture in the Academy Awards. It was a thing. But that each of these successive movies got more and more popular. Right, yeah. Like, Lord of the Rings, which only had three movies, they didn't award it really anything other than technical awards until it got to the last one. And that's, In part because they knew that that was going to be part of the conclusion. Also, the, part of it was they widely considered that a makeup Oscar to what some degree for just, you achieved a thing in movies, so True. here's an he, Academy Award. I, 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 whatever. Anyways. <laughs> but like, this one started off with an Oscar, and it just keeps going. Yeah. Like, no more Oscars, but still. To be fair to the franchise. Yeah. And getting a little bit into this movie... The first movie does come at you from left field. True. Because it is more of a character study than yes. a boxing movie. And these are just continuing the story. That's fine. I'm, well, and I'm, at this point in the franchise, it's now a full-on action sports franchise. Yes. But yes. I'm going to say it. Uh-huh. This might be the best one we've watched so far. It's pretty good. It's like got the perfect balance of all the elements. I think at this point, Stallone has found his voice for Rocky mm -hmm. and is confident in his directing abilities. And it's it just everything is clicking in this mm -hmm. movie. Well, we don't have to have as much exposition. No. I really liked Polly in this one. I hated him in the last... Well, I hated him in the first one. Last time, I thought he was better. But now, it's like, oh, he's great. Mostly, they gave him a fucking job. Well, it wasn't even that they gave him a job, but they finally had him get out with it. Like, you get all this money, you don't pay anybody back. Like, you don't you don't give any away. And Rocky's just like, you should just ask. This is all I wanted you to and do, Polly. Just, just ask. Just ask. Give me a job. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted you to ask. That's it. Like, don't expect anything from me. Ask me and I'll help you. And that's true. It is very common, particularly with people in the sports industry. They get a bunch of money at them and anybody they've ever met in their whole life just come out of the woodwork expecting to get a piece of your fame. No, it's totally a common thing. There's yeah. there's a great 30 for 30 documentary that we should totally watch sometime about Alan Iverson. Oh, okay, yeah. And the story of how people people get aghast when they go, how can you spend $300 million? And it's like, very easily, if you are surrounded by people who expect things from you, mm -hmm. and you want to do right by all a bunch of people in your community and all these different things, and you come into sports 
having almost no financial education mm-hmm. whatsoever yep. and are given the world. And I like that they finally address that in a very concrete, open way so that while, yeah, clearly Polly is using Rocky, at least now he's working for Rocky. Yeah. Like, and while, like, he's complaining when they're at the other gym, like, this place has got no class because he wants the nice, shiny stuff that Rocky has been used to now. And, and he's a little bit racist. Oh, he's not a little bit racist. He's <laughs> totally racist. He's a racist asshole. I mean, so is Rocky. Not intentionally, but he's definitely he's, not ready for the culture shock. He is racist and that that's all he's ever known. Not necessarily that's what he thinks. From what I get is that he's not been shown another example. He's a, he's the type of person, like, if you say, hey, this is wrong. Okay, I won't do it ever again. Yeah. Race really plays an interesting role in this movie. It does. Talking about Stallone, of course, he's back again. Writer, director. We're still diving into his autobiography. So Stallone freely admitted later on Mm -hmm. that this was the last movie he had an idea for. Okay. He was writing this movie while they were making Rocky 2. Yeah. He had the trilogy in mind. Perfect. And then after this point, he was like, yeah, I kind of ran out of ideas. So we'll see what happens when we watch Rocky 4. Okay. He still got that autobiographical mm-hmm. element. And what he's thrown into this was after Rocky 2, he was now a legit movie star. And then didn't he do Rambo right after Rocky 2? So First Blood came out the same year. And I don't know the okay. relationship yeah. of when, mm-hmm. but I know that First Blood, which is the original Rambo mm-hmm. film... That comes out this same year, but he was still legit star from Rocky uh, two yeah. on, mm-hmm. and from Rocky really. Yeah. But he had that dip with the two movies he tried to direct, and mm-hmm. then he makes Rocky two, and now pff, he's yeah. skyrocketed into fame. Mm-hmm. A lot of the clips that we see early on in the Eye of the Tiger sequence in the yeah, where he's the doing movie, a bunch of advertising spots. That's all actual advertising was, he did. Uh, that, the Muppet. That, the Muppet Show appearance. I know the was, Muppet one was. It's real. legitimately him, and they just changed Called the audio Rocky. for Kermit to say Rocky instead of Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> but they just intercut all mm-hmm. that footage. So surrounding this whole movie is the circus that had come with celebrity. Yeah. And so Stallone intentionally feeds that into this movie. Well, it makes perfect sense. It gets a little ridiculous. Like the statue unveiling feels a little you're way on the nose here stallone the but statue it almost was gets too big but it almost gets into satire in a way i'm okay with that i don't think it's intentional and that's mm-hmm. why i don't like give him full credit for mm-hmm. it but he he almost gets he almost pushes it so far that it does feel like satire mm-hmm. and that it works in an odd way but more importantly for me the other thing is this was intended as the final rocky film i get that it's, there's definitely a bookend to this. And that's fine. Again, we haven't seen the next one, so we really don't know what to expect. Stallone wound up continuing the franchise just because of how much fucking money it was making. They kept throwing money at him. Oh, so, of course. I mean, he's not a stupid dude. No, so. he's not. I really liked this one. I was surprised because I knew we were going to have Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. And having watched them through the years, I was like, all right, this is going to be hokey. Hulk Hogan in film and television appearances mm-hmm. outside of WWF yeah. was always meant as a joke and a bit part. Oh, it's cameo. And it, and in this, it really is. Mm-hmm. Mr. T, on the other hand, we'll talk about this when we get to Clubber yeah. Lang. I love Clubber Lang. 
I oh, think he's one of the best villains they've had. He's way more interesting than Apollo in the previous films. Oh, yeah. Like, because that's his rival in the other movie, is Apollo. The Apollo in those films is very different from the Apollo in this film. That's so, right. So they're, like, very different versions. So the Apollo in the previous ones was not compelling at all, and Cleverling is. Well, let's get into our cast, and then we'll okay. go through these characters as Stallone conceives them in this movie. Sure. Let's start with Stallone himself as Rocky. So he was definitely definitely still had his Rambo physique. Yeah, he had 2.8% body fat during this film. Which is like nothing. So he's very lean, but he's crazy cut. And it is weird because even in the fights with Clubber Lang, he mm-hmm. is so noticeably smaller. They mention it in the final mm-hmm. fight. He's 191. Mm-hmm. That's like way too low for a heavyweight fight. Yeah, because you're supposed to be 200, right? For heavyweight? Uh, I mean, I don't rem- It, it changes. The, the regulations always go yeah. up and down. It's it's just a size comparison. Uh, well, He should be somewhere near the same size as Mr. T, and he's not. Well, no. The biggest thing was that when he's standing next to Hulk Hogan, I forget how big that dude is. Because usually whenever I've seen him... He's wrestling. He's wrestling other guys who are of similar size or stature. And then you put him next to Stallone, who is 5'10". Stallone is my height. I'm 5'10 and a half. He's, he's average male height. Nothing, yeah. nothing tall, nothing short. So like, okay, fuck. He looks tiny. So then you put him next to Mr. T. Mr. T is big dude, but he's not nearly as big as Hulk Hogan. But he is bulky. He is much, he's much wider. Oh, yeah. And so... Stallone, it's more even footing, but he still looks tiny. And it's it's more that he just looks so thin. Yeah, it's just weird seeing a welterweight against a heavyweight Mm -hmm. in a title match. I I, Like, even I was going, this strains credulity only to the effect of, they would let him get in the ring at Mm -hmm. that weight? That probably wouldn't happen now. They wouldn't wouldn't sanction the fight. Probably not. Fun story about the Hulk Hogan thing. Mm -hmm. In the movie, in the movie, Rocky has always been billed as six foot one. Okay. He's always been billed as six feet. Mm-hmm. Well, Hulk is towering over him. Mm-hmm. So Hulk Hogan's six four. They build him as seven feet in that fight in the announcements. Oh, they're trying to build him like Andre the Giant. In order to make Rocky still six one six two. Next, we get to Talia Shire as Adrian. What's up with her hair? <laughs> It's very 80s. It's very distracting, but I love her in this film. She looks gorgeous. She looks amazing. They let her be a movie star in this film, which I love for her. Well, I love. And they didn't do it tacky. No. The hair is weird, but I think it's just it's early 80s hair. She seems like a woman who now has she more has in her money, life. But she still has her own style. Like she doesn't she doesn't look overly flashy. And that's another thing with Rocky. He's wearing a very nice suit. But he doesn't look flashy like he was trying to be in the last one when he just all of a sudden got this money. Yeah. So, well, like, clearly they have wealth, but they're still them. They're just a more refined version of them. And I love that. And then also throughout this whole film, we really see her investing in him being a fighter. Yeah. She's by his side at all these matches when he's trained. Like, she knows this is really hard for him. And she's trying to be supportive, but not pushy. And then finally, when he's breaking down, she's just, she lets him have it. We've never seen that from Adrian. But I love how she finally goes, someone's got to tell him to get over it. 
and that that has to be me. I'm the only one he can admit the fact that he feels like a failure to, and I have to tell him that he needs to get get over it. There's something amazing in what Stallone did by taking Adrian's character mm-hmm. and continuing to grow throughout the three movies. Absolutely, and she's she's I don't want to say she's a minor character because she's really not. But she has so few lines and so little screen time, but it is economized perfectly. Mm-hmm. She is used so well. Oh, yeah. Like, when she is, like, those scenes where she is watching him train, like, she is invested. She is learning everything he's supposed to be doing. Like, I love it. I love it. It's great. Burt Young as Polly. I loved him. He's still thin. Good for you. But, like, I loved, I loved that opening scene. Where he's just angry. He's an angry drunk. And, and, then, and then he fights Rocky. He's like, I'm not scared of you. <laughs> and Rocky, give me Rocky, a job. Will, Rocky will not throw a punch at him because he knows he'll lay him out flat. No, he's not going to do that to him. But then he just gives him the job. And then guess what? Polly fucking thrives. He does it. He does it. He just wants to work and be a part of this success. Well, and up until now, all we've ever heard is, I want to work for Gazo. I want to mm-hmm. work for Gazo. Yeah. And now finally, you know, he's... I think his biggest thing, and in, it's fun then to reflect this back on the mm-hmm. other two movies, it didn't matter whether he was working for Gazo. His best friend is now like king of the universe, mm-hmm. and he, he doesn't want to be on the sidelines. He wants to help. No, but Rocky calls him out and says, you're not a loser. You're lazy. Yeah. He just wants a handout. And Rocky's not going to, like, he'll help him. He'll get him out of the drunk tank. I want a job. Okay, I just wanted you to ask. Like, you're responsible for what you do. Like, you have to decide to put in the work. But the great part is then Polly takes that and runs with it. He goes, yeah. And his character becomes so less reactive Mm -hmm. and frustrating and becomes engaged and interesting. Mm -hmm. Even despite his stupid Polly moments that he still has. Yeah, he's still (laughs) Polly. He's never not going to be Polly. I do love when he's watching Rocky Jr. He's like... Don't give the kid beer. Don't take him to the track. And then the second they leave, all right, we got a problem in the ninth. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, I love it how you leave your kid with Polly. I also love the fact that as soon as they get out to the ring, you did did good, Apollo. Polly just turns right back to him and gives Apollo the credit. It's like, Polly's a good dude. He just... He's just a dick. He's a dick, but once you warm once you warm up to him, and once you get to know him... Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Rocky talking to Apollo. It takes about six years to get to know him. I got six years. Yeah. That's great. So six years to warm up to him. Speaking of Apollo Creed... He's wonderful. The Carl Weathers has always been wonderful. I didn't know that before <laughs> this series. I'm sorry, Carl Weathers. Well... You have my apologies. You wouldn't know it from the first two movies, because... It's not his fault, but I feel like in the first movie, he feels like a prop. In the first one, for sure, he's a prop. And in the second I think one, he's, he's just a villain. I will say, he's acting his butt off in that oh, first agreed, movie. Agreed, Don't get me agreed. wrong. It's just the way mm-hmm. they wrote the character mm-hmm. and edited the character that it comes out as he's just this hotshot Muhammad Ali yeah. fighter. Mm-hmm. When there's so much more to that character... Agreed. And what's great is what they're able to dive into because he's retired. No, I love that now. And, and a part of it is he's not ready to be done with boxing. No. Like, he's just not. And that doesn't mean he None of want, them are. No, I know. 
But eventually you have to say you're done. Of course. Um, but I like how he's channeled I'm not done with boxing into this is a guy who beat my ass twice, really. And he's losing it and he wants to hang on to it. I can help him and I can still be a, be in boxing. Not to mention I can make a good chunk of change doing it too. Well, there's that. <laughs> but he's upfront about that. He's like, he's not trying to screw Rocky over. No, he's, he's just being, like, like, this is good financially for me. And also I get to be around boxing. But so more like, importantly, I want to help you. Yeah. I've been there yeah. and I don't want you to do the same thing. Yeah. Because yeah, Carl Weathers did great. I really enjoyed him. I loved the banter between Rocky and him, and the ending with them is precious. That's perfect. It's just, it's a nice little button on the movie. Because you could have you could have gotten rid of it, and I would have been like, fine, okay, great. The movie ends at the same way the other ones do, and that's okay. But then they added this little ten-minute scene, and you're just like, oh, that's fun. Remember, you gotta do me a favor if you win this fight. What favor? <laughs> what favor? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> It's so cute, and it's playful, and I love like when they go to punch each other, and that's when it stops. Oh, of course. It's great. It's just so cute. Mad props to everybody for that. Burgess Meredith. You sports cried. <laughs> oh, my God. I teared up a little bit because Mickey just wants to know how the fight went, and Rocky tells him, oh. and Mickey was just so sure of Rocky, he just assumed that Rocky won. And I love that Rocky's just like, yep. He lets him have it. Rocky's not that guy. Rocky yeah. would never let that go. But Mickey just... is a second, like, second only to Adrian. Mickey's the most important person in his life. And he moved in with them. Oh, yeah. He, he was playing Santa in the montage. And I think the biggest, the biggest part that gets me is it's hard to watch Rocky go through that. It's also hard to see Adrian. Polly starts crying. Yeah. And if Polly's crying, something bad Some, has something happened. Something bad has happened. Polly it has is. feelings. <laughs> and so it is it is gut-wrenching for him. We also get this very kind of deep, darker turn on his character, even though he did nothing to hurt Rocky. Mm -hmm. But it is this, I, I didn't give you guys that you couldn't beat. I helped you keep the title. Because that's the whole point. Mm -hmm. That's the thing don't, people don't think about with boxing is half of promoting boxing, unless you are th that good a fighter, like Floyd Mayweather is a total deplorable human being, but by God, he is the best fighter the whole in the game. The whole point is to keep seeing them win. But it, yeah, and that's the thing. If Rock, Rocky, they knew, wasn't that strong a boxer. Mm -hmm. So they knew they can't put him up against machines mm -hmm. they've got to have guys who are good but not necessarily in their prime and yeah. guys that he can keep beating mm -hmm. and mickey just knows the second he's watching clubber lang this kid's gonna yeah. murder him if he ever gets in the ring i do love how often we see mickey watching clubber like he's studying all these fighters oh yeah which i love i like that was a nice storytelling piece it's hard burgess meredith is great mm. Sad that he's dead. It's sad to see Mickey go, but... But I know he shows up in flashbacks. So he's gone, but he's never forgotten. So now we get to our two extra actors to add into this. Okay. Mr. T as Clubber Lang. Oh my fucking God. This is his film debut. He's fucking amazing. This is where I pity the fool came from. I did not know that. So number one, it's incredible to watch this movie to think that Mike Tyson who, to be fair, was never really 
Clubberling. No. Like, that was the presence that Don King taught him to put off in this, the ring. This was definitely the inspiration for Mike Tyson. For his ring persona? True. Yeah. Yes. Clubberling fits that persona to a T. And there's this race element involved in that that is so powerful mm-hmm. and perfect with what he's doing. Well, he's Rocky from the first episode, only he's way more intense. And I love how his whole thing with challenging Rocky is, give me a chance, you got yours. I want my chance. I want to beat the best. And with this implication of the reason you won't do it is because I'm black. Yeah. They don't say it. But that's what he implies oh, over yeah. and over again, which I do love because that's very bold. And it's such a perfect thing to play into this film, Mm -hmm. especially then with Apollo coming in to train Rocky, Mm -hmm. really creates this this race dynamic and power dynamic, which is refreshing for an early 80s movie that's centered around a white dude. This is 82? Yeah. Ostensibly, the hero of this is an Italian white working dude. Mm -hmm. But you've got these two strong, powerful black guys on opposite sides of Mm -hmm. him it's fascinating and then not to mention that his intensity never feels forced no it's it feels accurate i love him sitting in the audience in his suit with his earrings oh my god they're gorgeous Mm -hmm. i want them they're so beautiful (laughs) and he wears them so well what's your prediction tonight pain pain I'm talking. I'm talking about the long, dangly feather ones. I know. Uh, I know that would be cultural appropriations, but they are fabulous. It could so easily be cartoonish, and I but think it's out of not. Well, I always thought this movie was out of context. Mm-hmm. Just seeing the clips, yeah. it always was like, "Oh, this is eye rolling." And then you watch it, and you're like, "No, he fucking means it," mm-hmm. and I love that. Oh, he's great. It's so good. He does wonderful job. And I love that they then take Rocky. And force Rocky to lose the sort of, hey, I was hoping Apollo wouldn't show up type thing. Like, like, you can't play nice guy boxer. Not with this guy. Mm -mm. He wants to murder you. The second you get in the ring, he's trying to start a fight with you. He hits Apollo. Uh Uh-huh. That's like, wouldn't that just like end a fight? Like, I mean, it depends. Or you just get a fine. Regardless. You'd be fined. It it works so well, and he's such a perfect choice. There were 1,200 people who auditioned for this role. Fuck! So out of those people, he won that. Okay. Because I'm watching for it, I can see where things don't connect. Oh, in the third movie, for sure. Yes. However, it is very well done. If I am not specifically focusing on uh, their heads and their hands, you would never know. It is so well done it's the editing and the sound and the music the way that the way those guys did it and part of it too is you don't care because you're swept up in the emotion of that moment the biggest reason those scenes work is they keep cutting back to the corners that's one of the other things that's helpful yeah they they keep cutting back to apollo or polly or Mm -hmm. going to clubber's corner and you keep seeing or you go from inside the ring to outside the ring yeah they, they they keep it moving because otherwise yeah you would see that stuff but it's so well down. A lot of those repeated headshots, you can kind of see. I could. There was one moment where I could see Mr. T, like I could see him ry- rhythmically knocking his head back. Yeah. Also, the wrestling scene, which I know is definitely faked, and you can see the stage combat elements of it. Yes. But damn, it's brutal. Well, okay. So Hulk Hogan. Okay, it's Hulk Hogan. He's a legend. He's also not a great dude, but. I've, I've never really been a fan of wrestling. Just 
not my thing. I had a run where I was super into it. That, right there during that Stone Cold and the Rock era, it that, got really fucking There was a time when, when there was a moment where some big personality was fighting the other big personality. I'd watch five minutes and then be done. Like I was, It was definitely not appointment television for me. I will say watching the television series Glow on Netflix has shown new light on wrestling for me. I, I can see where, oh yes, there is a storytelling element. And yes, these are choreographed fights, but that doesn't make them less... Uh, I, I accept choreographed fights in movies, so why won't I accept it on television as a live event? Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like theater. It's just happening in front of me. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and it's not edited. So I like that. And so that's made me appreciate it more. So now when I've got, I've got some new friends who are really into wrestling. So when they are you know, sharing all their stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. And now I have a new appreciation for it. So that's it's, fun. It's a soap opera with body slams. So. Yes, and that's almost exactly what one of the characters in Glow says. Hulk received this offer right after coming off the ring for the 1980 showdown at Shea against Andre the Giant. That's where he got his title. So there were three showdowns at Shea Stadium mm-hmm. in 72, 76, 1980. Mm-hmm. This is what I, I was thinking. Oh, is this WrestleMania? WrestleMania didn't happen until 85. Happen so well before then. But right after he gets off stage, he gets this offer. Mm-hmm. And he thinks it's a fucking joke. He's like, what? Okay, no. So he goes to Japan because they're going off and touring. Yeah. And Stallone personally calls him and is like, hey, do you want to be in this movie? And he didn't even look at anything. He was like, yeah, yeah I'll, do, I'll it. do it. Yeah, you just say yes to this. He, uh, It is an intense fight. I was not prepared. Number one, they play it so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Because I, I kept thinking, he's going to wrestle Hulk Hogan, so it's going to be some ridiculously cheap. And no, it's a charity event. Yeah. It's the smartest, easiest way to play that ever. Well, and I love how... Thunderlip shows up to wrestle and Rocky shows up to box and Rocky just is like well it's for charity you do a lot of things for charity yeah they all hurt <laughs> it all, they all t- charity takes a lot <laughs> Polly oh charity really hurts yeah but then he you know he gets thrown out of the ring he's like cut my gloves cut my gloves Polly what cut my gloves, cut my gloves off so that he can play along because because once it starts Rocky really, okay I have to go along with this it's partly that to make but, it work but there's also partly like this dude's gonna like destroy me it's, if i don't try to fight back it's a defensive move to like go along with it like to not get hurt because he understands how wrestling works yeah. but then it's also this is how i put on a show for the people for charity yeah uh, rocky does understand that theatrical element a little bit i don't know I, and then i love at the end he's like can i get a picture and his face is all jacked up can I finally get that polaroid with when he's got his kid and his wife he takes a picture it's great <laughs> Like, it's just just great. They did it very well. It could have come off really bad or really cheesy, but they, they hit just the right tone. See, I don't know. It can't, For me, it, it came off cheesy. as... No, it came off as Thunderlips was trying to annihilate him, and... Maybe, but I, I don't care. I didn't ca- I didn't see that other, that other part of it, of it being played up that way, so I, I don't know. I do wish they had picked a different name. Yeah. Thunderlips was not a good choice. Okay, now... There's no acting who could have been better here. Although, one fun note, uh, Morgan Freeman auditioned to be Clever Lang's trainer. But uh, there is one super fun who could have been better with the theme for this movie. Oh, okay. So let's start off by talking about Survivors, (laughs) Eye of the Tiger. 
So this song has almost always been associated with the Karate Kid for me, which is fine. <laughs> which was also directed by Alvinson, who directed Rocky One. Uh-huh. Now this song is associated with an episode of New Girl where they play Eye of the Tiger on the handbells. Well, for me, it's now forever tied to this movie, so... It'll get updated in my brain later. Now, this did lose the Oscar in 1983, and uh, I want to be mad about that, but I really can't. Because instead, this song won the Academy Award. The lifters up where we That won the Academy Award. I really can't be mad about that one. I understand why. I get it. They're both great songs. It's it's the heartwarming song. Officer and a Gentleman took a bunch of Oscars away that year, so... It's nuts. I haven't seen that movie forever. I've only seen the TV version. Now, Sylvester Stallone, he originally had another idea for the theme song. Instead of Eye of the Tiger. Yeah, which which I really think could have worked really well. Okay. Another one bites the dust. Sorry, it'll always be another one bites the dust. In any case, can you imagine that opening sequence? It would have been perfect for all of those flashes of him doing all the different fights. While Clubber is knocking people out. That would have been perfect. Perfect. Very good intuition. Because the the other problem with how they used Eye of the Tiger is they play it in the beginning, then they play it again. So its power is lost. Oh, that would have given if they had had both of those songs, which I understand could have been hard because of rights. Yeah, that would have been expensive. But they also had seventeen million dollars. Just pay the money. <laughs> That's usually just pay the money. I mean, oh. Queen had Queen had two years before I believe had done that Flash Gordon score, which well, okay. Is... Hold on, I'm gonna ask a really bad question. What? That's a Queen song. Another Flash. Ah, he's the savior of the universe. Okay. Who sings another one bites dust? <laughs> I'm so disappointed in you right now. That's fair. That's why we don't have a music podcast. I, That's why you have to do that with our friends. I. Who sings it? Just tell me. I mean, good lord, just look. Who is that? That's what I was asking. Who who do you think did that song? I don't know where the hell. Oh my god. Okay, I just need to say for the record, I have heard that song very few times in my life. But I have heard Another One Rides the Bus a million times. I, I, I heard Smells like, I yeah, I heard all of the parodies before I heard the real song. So Weird Al wrote all of them in my brain. I don't know if we can keep doing this podcast. That's why you're doing a music podcast with our friend James. And I'm doing a music podcast with James, but it's in a very, very special corner where I know something. <laughs> I'm just going to take away that now you know, and, and we'll move on from that, I think. We'll, 
We'll, we'll heal. <sighs> You're going to cut all this out. No, you're not, because you want me to be embarrassed. I'm going to tag it at the end. Fuck. <laughs> this is what I get for you editing everything. So, yeah. Queen being in Rocky. They should have done both. It would have been a match made in heaven. Yeah, it, it, it was a good choice. I the Tiger is really great. Now, there was one more option here. <sighs> what now? And that song, it was so close to making it. Mm-hmm. It didn't quite make it in. It did make it into another movie pretty soon after yeah that's joe esposito's you're the best Around. Written Nothing's for Rocky Three, yeah, but later used for Karate Kid. Okay, it was so good in Karate Kid. But like... it would have been so good in the training montage for this movie. Think about it. You put Eye of the Tiger at the beginning. No, just get rid of Eye of the Tiger for the beginning. It has to be another one rides the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. It's okay. <laughs> just go with it. This is who we've married. You haven't seen any movies. I know no music. That's just, that's how things are divided in our life. You also have never seen Seinfeld. For real. So. I've seen plenty of episodes of Seinfeld. You've seen the clips of Seinfeld. No, I have not. Whatever. Different podcast. And and just for the record, we're not doing a Seinfeld podcast. I would die. No. That, and then Eye of the Tiger. But you're the best round. But it's so good in Karate Kid. I don't want to choose. Uh, see, don't this make is, me choose. This is the most fun version of who could have been better that we ever could have. That is a fun game. You know what? We're going to have to throw it out to all of you guys. You have to pick which song should have been the featured theme for this film. Okay, we've got three options. I'll give you one more. Gonna fly now and just keep it the same the whole time. No. Because hey, they hey, use it. They hey, use it. Hey. They some, use it. Some people might want it to still be the theme. Okay? Okay? No, this is my podcast, and I make the rules. Let's get into trivia. Fuck you. Mr. T attended the premiere of this film with his mother. Ha! When he started shouting, well, not shouting, but uh, trying to entice Adrian, mm-hmm. come over here, I'll show you how a real man does things. Ha. His mother looked right at him and said, I did not raise you to talk to a lady like that, and stormed out of the theater. I love it. I love Mr. <laughs> T's mom is a proper lady. I love it. That's great. I mean, later on, he, he did a song for Mother's Day. Oh my god, I blocked that out of my brain. Treat your mother right. Treat her right. Treat her right. Mother, there is no other like mother. So treat her right. Mother, I always love her. My mother. So treat her right. Treat her right. Emmys for the moon and the miserable groan. Oh, Mr. T, you're the gift that keeps on giving. Stallone could not deadlift Hulk Hogan. Duh. So Hogan had to jump into his arms in order to get that shot. Yeah, that makes sense. In order to make it work. I believe that. All of the Rocky memorabilia in that first scene, along with all the shots we talked mm-hmm. about, but it was all real stuff from Stallone. I oh, mean, cool. they, they talked about it. All the magazines, everything. And they just made the touch-ups where they needed to yeah. to make it look like Rocky. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And then... The Saga of the Statue. 
Oh, I do know about the statue. Okay. I've heard about this. So the statue was nine feet tall. Yeah, it's too, too tall. Seven Erected. feet. Well, to seven feet. But here's the thing. It, it makes sense for how Rocky regards it. Because that's even fair. in the moment, Rocky's like, this is too much. Yeah, no, it's fair. Like, he, they erected it at the top of the steps at the art museum. Mm-hmm. And Stallone offered to donate the statue at the end. Okay. He was like, hey, we built this thing, put it together. We'd love for you guys to have it. The art museum thumbed their nose and just went, this is not a art. It's a movie prop. It's a movie prop. And the city commission and locals were furious. Yeah. They were like, Rocky's a fucking hometown hero. He's major steps famous. Fuck you. They fought for it like crazy. Mm -hmm. It eventually got moved to the spectrum for some time. That makes sense. Before eventually Stallone moved it back to Hollywood. Okay. But in 1981, Mm -hmm. eight-year-old Nicole Bird, spelled N-I-K-O-L, went door to door to get signatures to keep the statue at the top of the steps. She went to the baseball game. When Pete Rose was poised to pass Stan Musial's hitting record of 2,000 hits Mm -hmm. and got 2,000 signatures at the game, she got 10,000 signatures overall. And that amount of stuff got the art museum to accept putting it up at the steps for the premiere of the film. At that premiere, Stallone lifted her up. And then personally escorted her into the premiere of the film. That is the cutest story ever. (laughs) That is just precious. And I love it. And the coda to that story is the statue is still there. It sits in a little park at the bottom of the steps of the art museum. Yes, I knew about that. So it is there now. That's just precious. And just furthers our belief that Stallone is really cute with kids. I know. Like, naturally. Like, there's something about that guy that I'm just like, you like being around kiddos, and I like it. And not in a creepy way. Because there's too many people who are creepy about it. Yes. But you just seem like, hey, kid, let's have some fun. Let's go let's play. Just play. Let's just go play. Yeah. Aww. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know what rating to give this. I got to think about that. <sighs> um, American flag shorts. Mm, no, not Creed shorts. How many Rocky buttons? Get your buttons! Get your buttons here! How about Rocky statues? Oh, yeah. Let's do Rocky statues. How many statues are you going to give this movie? Three and a half. Okay. Because it's just fucking fun. Uh-huh. Like, we're watching this and, like, we started and I was like, I'm kind of tired. So we only make it, might make it through, like, half the movie tonight. And I'm just like, okay, how much longer? We got 20, I got 20 minutes left of me. Okay. Okay. Well, especially because we had just hit the training montage. Yeah, because it was like, okay, how much longer? Oh, we got 20. Yeah, I... I I didn't know how much longer I could go. Yeah. I was like, I want to see the end of this fucking movie. And it was so fun. This movie has no right to be as good as it is. Third movie in a trilogy. And I have enjoyed every single one. I'm pretty sure I gave the first one a four. I can't remember now. Out of context, Mm -hmm. this movie feels cheesy. Like, out of context, seeing the clips, I always thought, God, this is going to be a dumb movie. Just a little bit because of how buttoned up Rocky is at the beginning. You see that? I mean, if you're seeing that clip or just, you know, Rocky training, and then you're seeing Mr. T and Hulk Hogan. Yeah, those out. Your cultural, your cultural references, at least for us, are just like, this is going to get silly. But they weren't. It's not. This this movie gets four statues from me. Uh, oh, okay. Wow. It's wow. that good. It was fun. It's that fucking good. It was fun. The whole movie is taught. It's incredibly well made. Stallone uh-huh. feels 
super confident uh-huh. with how he's directing uh-huh. and writing the scenes. Yeah. Nothing feels forced and nothing feels excessive. Mm-hmm. It's also 30 minutes shorter than the other two movies. And Is in it? a good way, it's only an hour 40 and the other oh, two are two plus. No, they're right at two. I know, but they, yeah, I, get it. I mean, they, they do meander mm-hmm. and this one does not. It no, this hits, one's much tighter. It hits its story points right on, mm-hmm. but it manages to pack a bunch of emotional mm-hmm. ideas and pathos in there as well. I mean, it it just it feels like a really good movie. Yeah. Now, like I said, I've gone on record as saying Rocky may get a higher score for me if I go watch it a year from now. Mm-hmm. But right now, gut reaction, this is the best one I've seen so far. Nah, four. It's just so good. It's good. And unexpectedly great. And like, I'm still excited. And we have five more movies to go. Well. I mean, I understand. Steal yourself a little. I am stealed. Next up, you are about to meet Ivan Drago. Oh, and this is also where Stallone met his second wife. Hey. One Bridget Nielsen. This is the only Rocky up to this point that I've seen the whole way through. Okay. So, I know a little bit about what's coming. I know this one is mocked a lot. Because, I am, uh, because of I know some things about it, but I've never seen it. I am excited uh-huh. and nervous. Okay. All at the You're same time. You're nervous excited? Like Pinkie Pie? Yeah, I'm ready to You're throw. Especially because these other three movies were so good. I don't know about okay. this one. Still well, here's the thing. Those three movies still exist as we love them. Oh, of course. So, if four sucks... We still have one through three that we love. And also, fingers crossed, uh-huh. it sucks to the point but in the best where it's way, fun. Where it comes back around, or you just don't care, because you enjoy it. Either one. Until next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Facebook.